Good afternoon, everyone. <coughs> uh, this morning, I started to talk on the story about uh, the question of alive or dead. And uh, I introduced the quotes by Engo or <coughs> Yang Wu. Uh, and he quote only fa first half of the story. So I'd like to introduce another half. Maybe I start to read uh, from the beginning. This is a kind of interesting story. Uh, this is from Hekiganroku or Blue Cliff Record. Uh, compiled by the same person, Engo. And if we want to check uh, this case uh, later, the case number is 55 of Hekiganroku. <coughs> okay. Uh, Dao-u or Dogo, let me use Japanese sound. Dogo and Zengen went to a house to make a condolence call. Zengen hit the coffin and said, alive or dead? Dogo said, I won't say alive and I won't say dead. Zengen said, why won't you say? Dogo said, I won't say, I won't say. Uh, halfway back, as they were returning, Zengen said, tell me right away, teacher. If you don't tell me, I'll hit you. Dogo said, you may hit me, but I won't say. Uh, Zengen then hit him. Later, so this is the end of the day. After, after he hit him, he, Zengen had to leave the monastery because he was beaten. <laughs> anyway, so later, so he, he left Dogo's monastery, and later Dogo passed on. So Dogo died. The uh, abbot died. So later Dogo passed on. Zengen, the student, went to Shi Shuang. Shi Shuang is Sekisho. Sekisho is uh, Zengen's uh, elder Dharma brother and uh, main uh, Dharma heir of Dogo. So he visited Zengen after Dogo's, his, his teacher's death. Uh, Zengen visited his uh, elder Dharma brother. Zengen went to uh, Sekisho and brought up the foregoing story. So he 
told sexual what happened between uh, he and his teacher. Uh, sexual uh, said, uh, sex, uh, sexual said, well, then uh, Sexual, uh, Zengen asked the same question uh, to his Dharma brother about uh, life and death, alive or dead. Uh, <coughs> then Sexual said, I won't say alive and I won't say dead. <laughs> so he just uh, repeated Dogo's, what Dogo said. Then Zengen said, why won't you say? Same question. Then Sexual said, I won't say, I won't say. These are funny people, <laughs> I think. <laughs> at, but at these words, Zengen had an insight. So this time, even though uh, Sexual simply uh, repeated uh, Dogo's saying, but this time uh, Zengen had an insight. Then one day uh, Zengen took a hoe, hoe, H-O-E, to cultivate the land. One day Zengen took a hoe into the teaching hall at the Dharma hall. He hold a hole and crossed back and forth. This is at uh, Sexual's monastery in the Dharma hall. He hold a hole and walk around. From east to west and west to east. Then Sexual uh, asked, what are you doing? Uh, Zengen said, I'm looking for relics of our late master. So he said he hold a hole. Probably that, that means he was uh, dig the soil and try to find his relics. He was already dead, so he was already buried. Then uh, Sexual said, Vast waves, vast waves spread far and wide, forming billows, billows, uh, flood the skies, forming billows, flood the skies. What relics of our late master are you looking for? Then, uh, 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 Zengen said, this is just where I should apply effort. This is just where I should apply effort. Then uh, that is there in this version, that is the end of their conversation. Then another person later, another person said, the late master's relics are still present. This is the uh, entire story in Blue Cliff Record. And there are uh, several other versions. 
And uh, so the first part, uh, when uh, Zengen asked, alive or dead, and Dogo said, I want to say alive or dead. And so Zengen beat, hit his teacher. That is a kind of an introduction. And later, uh, at that time, he, Zengen didn't understand what his teacher meant. But his, his teacher passed away. And he visited his Dharma brother and asked the same question. And this time, uh, even though his Dharma brother said, uh, repeated exactly the same thing, but Zengen had some insight. So uh, after that, probably this is uh, Zengen's uh, expressions his gratitude and also repentance to uh, his teacher. He didn't understand his teaching and he hit him. So he wanted to continue his uh, teaching and his dharma and his way of life. That's why, that is what he, I think it meant he was looking for his teacher's relics. Then Sekisho uh, said, vast waves spread far and wide, forming billows flood the skies. That means the waves of the ocean go in and below the entire sky. That means his, their teacher's life is full of the universe. So, uh, what relics of your late, our late master are you looking for? We don't need to look for our teacher's relics because it's everywhere. Is it clear? Then he uh, sexual said. Uh, no. Uh, then uh, Zengen said, "This is." Just fear I should apply effort means looking for his relics and continue his life is fear I should make effort. That means I have to continue my teacher's teaching and dharma. That is uh, the end of this story. And uh, sexual saying, vast waves st uh, spread far and wide, forming billows flood the skies. This is the expression of Zenki, or total function. You know, Dogo's life are spread all over the Dharma world. So our lives are connected with all beings. That was what uh, Zenki means that in this version. I said in this version. There are many, not many, but there, were, there are several different versions. When I studied this uh, koan story, I checked uh, Dogen's collection of 300 koans. You may probably know Dogen collected 300 koans. 
and that koan collection was called Shinji. Shobo Genzo. I saw one copy in the library, uh, translation by, I think, Nishijima. But uh, there is another translation uh, by Kazutanahashi and Daidorori. Anyway, so Dogen uh, collected 300 koans. And I tried to check uh, what uh, is this story in uh, Dogen's collection. And I found kind of an interesting thing. Uh, this has not so important to study Zenki, Shobogenzo Zenki, but it's very interesting to understand how these koan stories are uh, developed. Uh, well, uh, the interesting thing is in Dogen's Shinji Shobogenzo. Uh, actually, this Shinji is this Chinese character, Shin and Ji. And Shinji means Shin is true, and Ji is character, and Shobo Genzo. And true character means Chinese character, or Kanji. And f the reason why this collection was called Shinji Shobo Genzo was the Shobo Genzo we are studying is called Kana or Keji. Uh, or Keji. Kana means uh, Hiragana or Katakana, Japanese alphabet. We have 50 alf uh, alphabets. Uh, as I said this morning, these are uh, made in Japan by simplifying Chinese characters. So in Japan, we call uh, Chinese actual Chinese character as true letters, true characters. And Japanese uh, alphabet as kana. Kana means what is ka in this case. Like a like a temporary or expedient or fake. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's why you know this collection, Koan collection, was called Shinji Shobogenzo, and uh, this Shobogenzo is called Kana because Dogen wrote this uh, collection of Shobogenzo in Japanese, not in Chinese. Anyway, <clears throat> within this collection, uh, I found two different versions of the same uh, story. You know, bo these are collected by Dogen himself. And uh, the difference is interesting. Uh, the first one is uh, <coughs> case 29 of 300 koans. And another is 289. And uh, in the case 29, the story is 
all very similar with uh, unlock versions. Uh, let me just read it. Zengenchuko uh, of uh, certain province, Tang province, a heir of Dogo. Once accompanied Dogo, visiting a family to offer condolence. As soon as they arrived, the, mas the master, in this case Zengen, tapped the casket and said, alive or dead. Dogo said, I won't say alive, I won't say dead. The master said, why won't you say? Dogo said, I won't say, I won't say. On their way back, the master said, High priest, you should immediately say it for me. If you don't say, I'll hit you. Dogo said, hit me if you want, but I will not say. Uh, Zengen hit him several times, not only once, <laughs> said several times. After returning to the monastery, Dogo said, you should leave here. I'm afraid when the temple officers know this, you will be in trouble. So the abbot uh, allowed him to leave, because if he stay, he will be probably punished. <laughs> you know, to uh, beat the abbot is not a good thing, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so he left. Then, after Dogo passed away, so after he left, Dogo, the abbot, died. The master visited uh, Sekisho and brought up the story and asked for guidance. So he, didn't still, he still didn't understand what the meaning of his teacher's saying. So Sekisho said, uh, I won't say alive, I won't say dead. Repeat same, repeat what Dogo said. Then the master said, why won't you say? Uh, Sekisho said, I won't say, I won't say. Upon hearing this, the master, Zengen, immediately attained realization. So this is almost the same with the Hekikanrok version. But another one, uh, in case 289, is quite different. Uh, Dogo visited a family with uh, Zengen for a condolence call. Zengen tapped the casket and said, alive or dead? The master said, in this case, this master is Dogo, I won't say alive, I won't say dead. Zengen said, why won't you say? The master said, I won't say, I won't say. Jan uh, Yuan could not understand. Uh, that is the end of the day. So he didn't hit him. He didn't hit the abbot. But he just uh, didn't understand. And later, while staying at a certain place, he heard someone chanting 
the Kanongyo. Do you know Kanongyo? The Sutra of Avalokiteshvara. This is the uh, chapter 25 of the Lotus Sutra. So he, when he stayed certain place, he heard someone is chanting the Kanongyo. And uh, when the person chanted until the, the place to those who can be conveyed to deliverance by the body of Bhikkhushu, Abharokiteshvara appears in the body of Bhikkhushu and expands the Dharma. Hearing this, Joan Yuan or Zengen suddenly attained great realization. It's very different from the uh, Hekigandok version. Uh, in this version, Zengen didn't hit his teacher, but he because he didn't un understand his teacher's meaning, he just left and uh, stayed certain place. And then he heard this phrase of the, uh, of the uh, Sutra of Avalokiteshvara, he attained realization. That is the end of the story. You know, it's very different. So I was curious how these two different versions appeared. And so I tried to find the older version and the oldest of this kind of uh, collection of the stories is in, in Japanese called Sodoshu. Uh, you know, Hekiganrok was uh, compiled in the 11th century. 11th or 12th century. But this Sodoshu, uh, Chinese uh, uh, pronunciation for Sodoshu is Zhu Tang Tang Ji. So means ancestor. And Do is a whole. And Shu is collection. So the collection of ancestral whole, that means the whole in which all ancestors were enshrined. Anyway, this was the oldest uh, text uh, of uh, koan collections. But, uh, and this was compiled in 952, 10th century. So, uh, almost 200 years older than Hekiganduk. Uh, according to this version, the same story appeared in the section of Zengen. Uh, that this version is interesting. Uh, in this section, uh, it is said, High priest Zengen was a Dharma heir of 
uh, Dogo. So this is a part of uh, the biography of Zengen. His Dharma name was Chuko. His, and it said his biography is not available. So we don't know uh, where he was born and when he died. So we only know about this story. The beginning and end of his life is not known. So he, he was quite a known person. Uh, once he accompanied Dogo to visit a house of a temple supporter. When he saw the casket or coffin, he hit it with his hand and asked, alive or dead? Dogo said, I won't say alive, I won't say dead. The master asked, why won't you say? Dogo said, I won't say, I won't say. So this part is the same. Then uh, the master did not consent. He was not satisfied with the, uh, his teacher's uh, response. So the master did not consent and left the monastery. So he didn't hit his teacher. When he stayed overnight at Yangshi certain place, at midnight, he came to realization and had a good cry. When he returned to the temple, so in this version, uh, it, he said he attained realization in the midnight. That is only what it said. And he, in this version, it doesn't say when he had the kanongyo. He just, he just said he attained uh, realization in the midnight. Then when he returned to the temple, so he returned, after that he returned to Dogo's temple. Then his master Dogo was delighted and came out the entrance to welcome him. So his teacher didn't die. This is really interesting. This is the oldest version. In this, according to this version, you know, they had a question, uh, question and answer, and Zengen didn't understand what Dogo said, so he just left. And uh, when he stayed certain place, for, I don't know, it doesn't say how, but somehow he attained realization, he understood, and he returned to Dogo's monastery, and Dogo was still alive, and came to the entrance and welcomed his student. So this is, this story, in this version, this is really a kind of a happy ending. Then uh, after this story, uh, there, I think this is another story. The master visited uh, Seksho. So this is after Dogo died. So 
it, it seems these two are two separate stories and has no connection. The second uh, part is the master visited uh, Sekisho. He took a hole and walking back and forth in front of the Dharma hall. Uh, Sekisho asked, what are you doing? The master said, I'm looking for relics of my late master. Sekisho said, the uh, flooding water spread the entire sky and has flowed away. The master said, this is just where I should apply effort. Then Sekisho said, in my place, there is no ground even to stick a needle. Where do you apply effort? That is the conversation between uh, Sekisho and Zengen. So a little different, but basically the same. The dif main difference is when uh, Zengen said, this is just where I should apply effort to continue Dogo's teaching and Dharma and his life. That is uh, spread all over the entire world. Uh, then uh, Sekisho said, in my place, there is no ground even to stick a needle. Means there is no such place. I can make effort to continue to continue his teacher's life or dharma, because his teacher's dharma is still there. There's no uh, separate place. He could continue. He could make effort and continue uh, Dogo's life, because there's no such uh, separate place from Dogo's life. So Dogo's life is really uh, this entire world, and even after his death, he's still functioning. His, his life is continuous. So there's no way to continue his life. That is what I think, that is what Sekisho means when he said, there's no ground even to stick a needle. Needle is a really tiny thing. Where do you apply effort? There's no such place we can apply effort. That means we should live our lives. Our life is the same as Ungo's, I mean Dogo's life. That is what uh, total function means. Each one of us are living the, our life connected with everything within this entire universe. There's no such separation. So we cannot make effort to continue Dogo's or our teacher's dharma, because we are already part continuation of his life. Uh, then, uh, later, someone else said, the late master's relics are still there. That means Dogo is still alive. So these this is the oldest version of the story. Within, from these stories, I think someone uh, 
try to make this story more interesting and meaningful. So uh, someone put uh, how Zengen attained realization and put uh, the story of someone chanting the Sutra of Avalokiteshvara. So this was later addition. It's very clear, I think. But other people try to uh, connect these two different stories about uh, question and answer uh, about life alive or dead and uh, Zengen and uh, Sekisho's question and answer. You know, Zengen's question to Dogo, alive or dead? And uh, Zengen and Sekisho's question and answer about Dogo's uh, life. In order to do so, the, this person or people had to kill Dogo. Dogo needs to be, you know, die, dead, <laughs> before Zengen attained realization. That, I think that's how these two very different versions are developed. Uh, but uh, in the second version, in the second version, if Zengen didn't understand what, what Dogo said before he died and uh, had a conversation with a sexual, how can we consider him Dalmaya of Dogo? So this is really, uh, to me, clear that this is a fiction. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, about the phrase of Kanongyo was also a fiction. So when we study this kind of Koan sto story, we may find different versions. In that case, if uh, the story is more interesting and meaningful and complicated, we can uh, say this is a later version. The simpler and not so interesting or meaningful is the earlier version. This is how you know, this Koan story had been developed in China. And you know, that time, Dogo, Zengen, and Sexual lived was a nine, uh, ninth century. So even this oldest collection was, was made about 100, at least more than 100 years after their life. So uh, we, there's no way we can judge whether uh, what was the real original one. Is this older version really what really happened or not? There's no way to judge it. And after that, you know, not, uh, not only until Hikiganrok was made in 12th century, but even after Dogen, the, this story had been developed. So the final version was much longer than Hekianok version. And the final version was tried to combine these two different versions. So in that final version, uh, Zengen attained realization when he heard 
someone chanting Kanongyo. Uh, After that, he visited Sekisho. So he was already understood what uh, Dogo meant. So uh, he didn't ask the guidance, but he wanted to make sure his understanding was correct with Sekisho. So again, here is a twist. So in that version, all those materials were all you know, collected and made the longest, longest version. That's how Koan story had been were, uh, developed you know, almost 500 years. That was how Chinese Zen people you know, worked on making uh, Koan collections. So when we studied koan, those koan stories, we don't need to believe that this is really actually happened. But more important thing was uh, what those people who made different versions think uh, the truth or reality expressed within that story. That is the more important thing, I think. There's no way to judge what is a real story, what is really happened. There's no way to uh, judge that kind of thing. Or I think for at least for Chinese Zen people, what hap uh, actually happened was, uh, was simply a material of making the story. So story is more important than the actual Thing. So if we think in our mind, we always think, is this really happened? Uh, is this true or not? Then we don't really understand uh, all these koan stories. Important point is what is the truth or reality? Or, uh, what is the significant uh, point uh, expressed through these stories. Uh, you know, this has nothing to do with uh, Shobo Genzo Zenki, but to me this is really interesting and important point to, uh, to study when we study Chinese Zen. These are not actual things happened. You know, not only this story, but if you read a collection of like a Sodoshu and another batch, another collection that was compiled in 1004, so about 50 years later, that was called Keitoku Dentoroku, that uh, usually called in English as a uh, record of transmission of Dharma lamp, transmission of lamp, that was made around 50 years later after Sodoshu. And that uh, record of trans uh, transmission of Dharma lamp uh, became authentic, had uh, authority. So this older version disappeared from China and stored in Korea for several hundred years and discovered in the 20th, 20th century, last century. Until then, no one, no one knew 
this text was existing. So then history of Chinese Zen had been a kind of reinterpreted in the way uh, by the scholars who studied uh, this older text. Anyway, that is one interesting point about studying Chinese Zen. Anyway, I return to Dogen, or maybe before returning to Dogen, uh, in, when we study this various version of the same story, I think there are three important points. Uh, could you erase this? Uh, first one is the meaning of fat dogo meant when he said, I want to say alive, I want to say dead. This fat is the meaning of not saying. And second point, I think, is uh, in the another version of uh, Zengen attained realization when he had uh, someone reciting the kanongyo. What this means, what, you know, why, what is, what is, what's his realization? And we can understand what was his realization because of the expression from the kanongyo. And the third point is, what is the relation between Dogo and Zengen's question and, question and answer and Dogo's not saying? And what uh, Sekisho said about his teachers, his teachers' life spread in, uh, all over the world. Those, I think those three points are important to understand this story. So, uh, first I'd like to, to talk about this not saying. Uh, you know, when uh, Zengen asked, tapping the casket and said, alive or dead. As I said this morning, this does not mean he had doubt if this person is really dead. Well, the person might be alive. but. This is about uh, what is life and death. What happened after our death? Or is there anything continue? Or uh, any, the person disappeared? Or something continues? Is the person still alive or completely dead? That means completely disappeared. Uh, in, to this question, uh, Dogo said, I want to say, I want to say. That means, uh, you know, we cannot say anything. That, so this I want to say is his answer, not a uh, uh, rejection of Zengen's question. This, I want to say, was Dogo's precise answer to the question from Zengen. And this kind of uh, response to, uh, from the students 
is kind of very common response within uh, Soto Zen tradition. Uh, before before Soto Zen was Soto Zen was established in China, uh, as I said, this person <coughs> Dogo was Dharma brother of Ungan, and Ungan was a teacher of uh, Tozan or Donshan. And Tozan was the founder of Chinese Soto school. And Dogo's uh, disciple was Sekisho. And their teacher is Yaksan. Yaksan again, or Yaoshan. And Yaoshan's teacher was Sekito uh, Kisen. Sekito was Shito in Chinese. And Sekito Kisen was the person who wrote Sandokai. I think you are familiar with uh, you know, very beautiful uh, poem called Sandokai. Uh, English translation is uh, Merging of Difference and Unity. That was written by Sekito Kisen. And Sekito was the disciple of Seigen. Gyoshi. And Seigen Gyoshi was the disciple of Huinan, the sixth ancestor. So this is their lineage. And in another uh, lineage from Huinan, the sixth ancestor was Nangaku Ejo. And Basso, Doitsu, or Mazu, and Basso's di disciple was Hyakujo. And from this uh, lineage, uh, Rinzai appeared, and this is a source origin of Rinzai school. And this is a source of Soto school. And uh, Basso and Sekito, uh, Sekito are contemporary. It said uh, Basso or Mazu had really many disciples. It said that he had more than 80 Dharmayas. But Sekito's uh, group was very small. Uh, we only know several of his Dharmayas. And actually, this, these two people, Ungan and Dogo, practiced with Hyakujo originally for, it said, for 20 years. And they, after that, they started to practice Yaoshan or Yakusan. And then they changed uh, their teacher. I think that was Dogo. Dogo said, uh, Basso's lineage is like a, like a supermarket. Means they have everything, everything necessary. Uh, but uh, 
the original word is zakka. Ho means a shop or store, and zakka means miscellaneous goods. That means the big store, they sell everything they, you know, we need. But Dogo said yakusan or sekito's lineage was like a shinkin ho. The same ho means shop. Shinkin means true gold. So in this shop, they only sell true gold. So the shop is small. So this is like a, you know, this is like a supermarket. They can buy, get anything they need for, for their spiritual need. But uh, in this lineage, they only sell true gold. Anyway, uh, and uh, fat, uh, the one of the uh, method by Sekito was like this, uh, as follows. Uh, this appeared uh, in the uh, recorded sayings of Raymond Pan. I think you know Layman Pan. Uh, Layman Pan. P. He was a very famous Zen adept. He was a layperson. Uh, first, uh, he visited the Sekito. Then, after that, he visited uh, Mazu or Baso. When Layman Pan uh, first visited Sekito, he was uh, uh, this day person asked Sekito a question that is, who is the man? Who is the man who doesn't accompany the 10,000 dharmas? Who is the man who doesn't accompany the 10,000 dharmas? 10,000 dharmas means uh, myriad dharmas. That means everything coming and going, arising and perishing within uh, impermanence. So all, are, all these are conditioned. So fat is a man who, are un who is unconditioned. That means you know, this is a collection of five skandhas. And both body and my mind vanish. Is there something which doesn't dis uh, perish? Fat is such a person who doesn't die. That means not only die, who are not born and who doesn't die. What is such a person? Who is such a person? Was the question. So this means what is unconditioned? We are all conditioned 
beings, what is unconditioned. Then, Sekito, to this question, Sekito did not, stay, did not say anything and covered the layman's mouth with his hand. He didn't say anything, but uh, he covered layman's mouth. That means, shut your mouth. And in a flash, the layman realized. This means, this unconditioned is not, is not like a uh, Atman. You know, Atman was fat, is negated by Shakyamuni. So actually, only five skandhas are here. Five skandhas means our body and mind. The first one, form, is uh, material. That, in our case, our body. Our body is a form. And other four skandhas are function of our mind. That is, uh, per uh, perception. Uh, what is another one? Uh, sensation, perception, formation, and consciousness. Those are four skandhas, all together with body, uh, five skandhas. That means our body and mind. Our body and mind are conditioned. So uh, it's, uh, it can exist only for a while. While the, while the cause and conditions allow us to stay. But uh, like, like the person in a casket, when that cause and condition you know, dispersed, then the person dispersed. So if there are only that five scandals are there, is there something which can continue or not? If we say there's something that continue, outside, beside five skandhas, then that is against Buddha's teaching of anatoman. There's no such things which, uh, when this body and mind died, uh, this, uh, the altoman has, uh, leave these five skandhas and, try and be born with new five skandhas in the next life. Uh, that is called Atman, like a soul. And Buddha said, there's no such thing. That is the very important teaching of Shakyamuni Buddha. Then, uh, is there anything which continues? That is a question. And uh, this question allows, I mean, this question was very important question to Buddha's disciples when Buddha died. When Shakyamuni Buddha passed away, you know, uh, his Sangha lost one of three treasures, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. So they lost uh, one of the three treasures. And they couldn't find any replacement. No one could become second Buddha. 
So Buddha is already is at, uh, gone forever. That must be very serious question problem for the sangha for the original sangha. And after, I think after Buddha's death, they were looking for what is Buddha after Shakyamuni's death. And they kind of invent a concept of Dharma body. Dharma body. Uh, in Japanese or Chinese, Hoshin. Before, before he died, I think in the uh, party canon, Shakyamuni Buddha said, if you see Dharma, you see me. But in this case, this Dharma is what Buddha taught, Buddha's teaching, Dharma as Buddha's teaching. So if uh, you know, his students really understood and uh, study and understood and really practice what Buddha taught, that is Dharma, then uh, Buddha's Dharma body was there within their practice. I think that is the original idea of Dharma body. So Dharma body in, used to be Buddha's teachings. Even, for example, in the uh, Sutra of Buddha's last or final teachings, entitled uh, Butsu Yui Kyogyo, like this is a sutra about Buddha's final teaching, right, be, right before he died. Uh, he said, I think I, I uh, quote, well, I don't need to quote. He said, after my death, you should practice my teaching. Then uh, Buddha's, it said, Tathagata's, Tathagata's Dharma body is always there. So Dharma body is always there. Then what is the relation between Buddha's Dharma body and Shakyamuni Buddha as a person who has five skandhas, body and mind? Therefore, when five skandhas dispersed, Shakyamuni Buddha died and disappeared. But Buddha's Dharma body never died. That was the origin of the idea of Dharma body. And later, in the history of Buddhism, this, the idea of Dharma body became bigger and bigger. That means not only what Buddha taught, the correction of Buddha's teaching, that is uh, uh, low case D Dharma, Dharma body. And especially in Mahayana Buddhism, they uh, invented a kind of capital D Dharma. That means uh, not Buddha's teaching, but uh, the reality to which Buddha awakened is called Dharma. You know, when uh, Buddha made decision, 
that he started to teach. You know, he had to uh, explain and, and uh, point out what he awakened to, what the truth or reality was using words and letters. And he did. So there are two kinds of dharma. One is the original capital D dharma, the truth or reality itself. And another is a collection of Buddha's teachings that is an expression or explanation of what Buddha awakened to. And when uh, his disciples really uh, understood and practiced, they could also see experience capital D Dharma. So uh, Buddhist, especially Mahayana Buddhists, start to think that this capital D Dharma is Dharma body. It's not a collection of his teachings. You know, these are words, and these are uh, truths uh, expressed using words or explained using words. And a collection of his uh, Dharma teaching was recorded, memorized by Ananda, and compiled as a, and uh, recorded uh, as a sutra. And this is transmitted. And of course, what Buddha taught recorded in the sutra was interpreted by many people and it became a huge philosophical system. But uh, people in Mahayana said Dharma, true Dharma body is not a collection of sutra, a collection of Buddha's teachings, but Buddha's reality itself the reality uh, to which Buddha awakened itself is Dharma. That means the way all beings are, the uh, reality of this entire universe is Buddha's Dharma body. And in order to refer to that Dharma body, they uh, create uh, one Buddha or Buddha's name. Uh, that was Vairochana. Vairochana Buddha was, uh, not still is, is a uh, name of Dharma Bodhi Buddha, Buddha's Dharma Bodhi. That means Vairochana is this entire universe itself. The way all beings are within this entire universe itself is Buddha's Dharma Bodhi. And Vairochana Buddha appeared in the uh, Kegonkyo or Avatansaka Sutra. That is one of the most important uh, sutras uh, in Mahayana Buddhism. And later, uh, the same idea and same name, Vairochana, was adapted by Vajrayana Buddhism and it became Mahavairochana Buddha. Anyway, so in Mahayana Buddhism, people started to think the reality itself, the reality of this universe, the way all beings are within this universe itself is Buddha's Dharmakaya. And 
so the point is what is the relation between that Dharmakaya Buddha and conditioned beings like us, which we are born, stay for a while, and disappear. You know, always changing. This uh, conditioned and impermanent and no self without any Atman, any substance, coming and going, always changing. This reality of impermanence and no self, and this Dharmakaya that never change, never be born, never, never perish. No birth, no changing, no death. So the point, one of the very important points in Mahayana Buddhism was what is the relation between reality of impermanent and no self and this eternal Dharma body, eternal and also formless, no form. So this is what uh, these people are discussing about. You know, besides these five scandals, of course, if we say there's something which doesn't change within our, within these five scandals, then that is against Buddha's teaching of Anatoman. So what they are talking is not about the Atoman, but about what is Dharmakaya, and what is our conditioned way of being. That means we are born, live for a while, and died. But if so, if this is only truth, this impermanence and uh, no self is only true, then fear is Dharmakaya. What is eternal truth? The reality to which Buddha awakened. And uh, what these teachers want to say is this uh, eternal dharma, dharma body and uh, conditioned beings, that is impermanence, impermanent, is exactly the same thing. That is the point of this kind of strange question and answer. If we don't understand this point, this question and answer are simply nonsense, I think. We don't really understand what they are talking about, alive or dead, and say, I don't say anything. This I don't say, I don't say, I won't say, I won't say. What Dogo said is just, I think, in my understanding, same as, you know, while Shakyamuni was alive, he didn't answer to, to certain questions. It said there are four, 14 questions Buddha never answered. And this kind, uh, this kind of question, if we say something, then it becomes same as Atman. So uh, these two are both true, and they are identi identical. And yet there's nothing permanent. And yet there's something eternal. What is this? If we here, if we make some concept, some word, then 
we create another mistake. That is why those people always said, I don't know or I don't uh, say anything. That means we have to keep silent. You know, uh, one of the uh, Katagi Roshi's teaching, famous teaching was shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth and sit facing the wall. That is the only way we express this, you know, impermanence and eternity are one. So that is a point of this question and answer. Uh, that is not only teaching of by Katagiri Roshi. That you know, returning to silence was the f title of his first book, and the title of his second book is "You Have to Say Something." <laughs> you have to speak. You have to, you have to speak something. So there are always another side. That's why, you know, one of the titles of Suzuki Roshi's book is not always so. If we cling this side, someone said, not always so. And if we cling that side, said, not always so. Then what is it? I want to say. <laughs> that is a basic structure of this, this question and answer. And this seat, uh, sectors uh, answer to Raymond Pan is not only one uh, example. Actually, later, uh, a few several days later, after Raymond Pan had this uh, realization, uh, sector visited Raymond Pan and uh, asked him, how, is, how are you doing? Then Raymond Pan said, because uh, you know, Sekito covered his mouth, he said, I cannot say anything. Then uh, Sekito said, you have to say something. <laughs> another, another example of this kind of, uh, kind of a teaching method by uh, I want to say or not saying is again between Ungan and Dogo and their teacher Yaksan. Yaksan said, we should avoid to speak. We should avoid to speak about the place where wisdom cannot reach. Wisdom means our thinking mind, our uh, conceptual discriminative thinking. So we should avoid to speak about the place where wisdom cannot reach. If we speak, horns, horns will grow on your heads. And uh, Yaksan asked uh, Dogo, what would you say? This is a strange question. First, he said, we should avoid to speak. Then he asked, you should say. What would you say? You know, same thing. 
Then Dogo immediately went out. Means he didn't say anything and just went out of the room. Then Ungang was there. Ungang was Dharma brother of Dogo. Ungang was there and asked Yaoshan. So Dogo left. Ungang asked to his teacher Yaksan, why my elder brother Chi or Dogo did not respond to your question. Then Yaksan said, today I have a back pain. He understood the meaning, so go and ask him. So he said, I have a back pain today, so I cannot uh, continue this conversation. Uh, so Dogo knows, so ask, go to him and ask him. Then uh, Ungang went to Dogo and asked, a little while ago, why didn't you answer to the master? Then Dogo said, go ask the master. Uh, that is the end of the story. That means Yaksan and Dogo knew, you know, the reason of not speaking. So even when Dogo was asked by Yaksan without saying anything, he just left. But Ungan wanted to know why, why he didn't respond. That means he was. Uh, still asking or trying to uh, know what is it. So Ungan didn't understand their Yaksan teaching of avoid to speak. So he was he continued to ask say something. That is a common understanding of this story. But if we appreciate Ungan's this question. Uh, Ungang, it seems Ungang put emphasis on another side. That means even though we have to avoid speaking, we have to speak. So there are many different ways of uh, interpreting this, this kind of a story. And that is the point, you know, Dogen often uh, twisted the story trying to uh, point out the opposite side. So if we simply think, you know, Ungan, Yaksan and Dogo understood the reality beyond speaking, and Ungan did not. So Ungan was not uh, enlightened. That is common understanding, but that might be wrong. Ungan is keep asking, that means he, Ungan is pointing out, still we have to say something. So there are many kind of, many examples of this kind of story. This is the meaning of, uh, you know, Dogo, when asked by Zeng, uh, Zengen whether the person in the casket is alive or dead. If we say alive, that might be wrong. If we say dead, that might be wrong. That's why 
or we create some kind of theory. If this person is alive, then what is alive after after these five scandals disappeared? What is that thing that alive? And if we said there's no such thing, then what is what is Dharma body of Buddha? What is eternal Dharma body? So here is the question. Uh, and if we create some kind of metaphysical theory, then we lost the very important point of Buddhist teaching. So what is the question? Well, it's 4.30. It's time to stop. Okay. I'll continue. I mean, this is introduction to Shobogenzo Zenki. So from tomorrow morning, I start to uh, read the text, Dogen's text of Zenki. You know, unless we really understand this you know, very basic point of Buddhism, not only Zen, you know, what Dogen wrote in Shobogenzo is not really understood. That fight takes so much time. That's why I suffer. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.